Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figure-outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematics class is more about mathematizing, not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental mathematical relationships, that math class can be less like it has been for so many of us and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? Yeah, so for the last two weeks, we have been talking about an important series about multiplication facts. Dun, dun, dun. We shared some clarification around the words memorization, automaticity, and fluency. And then Very last important. week in episode 35, we described some things that teachers often do in the name of helping kids learn the multiplication facts that actually don't work like we want them to because they're focused on either learning the facts in isolation mm-hmm. or using shame to motivate mm-hmm. or really emphasizing speed. Yep. In today's episode, we want to unpack some ideas about what we would recommend as you're working with students and their facts. This episode is definitely for parents and teachers alike. Because remember that the issue here isn't whether students should own their facts. We right. absolutely want students to own the multiplication facts. But how this owning is achieved by rote drill and practice or by focusing on relationships. Yeah. Remember, we quoted elementary mathematics researcher Kathy Fosno as she talks about helping students learn the facts by developing relationships because in that way, the facts become automatic. Mm -hmm. But the relationships, the heart of mathematics are not sacrificed. And we totally agree with that. We have a super cool, helpful download for you for this episode. So check out the show notes or keep listening and we'll give you the link at the end of this episode. Yeah. So Pam, I like it when you talk about taking the long view. Mm, And I wanted to mention that one of the most important things that I think I did as a third grade teacher in regard to facts Mm -hmm. was to advocate for starting the year with multiplication rather than um, the pretty traditional few weeks of place value, then addition and subtraction. Mm-hmm. And because we started with multiplication, we were able to give students a lot of exposure and experience with activities and routines really early on and help them make sense of what multiplication is um, before we started moving towards building more with the facts. And to be clear, it's not like you skipped place value and no, no, subtraction. No. Uh, it's just that you started with kind of rudimentary, a lot of skip counting multiplication, but sure. because you started with it, then you had the whole year to mess with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little curious, did you do the same thing in fourth and fifth grade? Like, so let's start with it off the bat, give you lots of time, yeah. that long view over the whole year. Yeah? yeah. Okay, cool. So let's talk about what you did do, like what to do. What in the world then did you do all year long yeah. to help students learn relationships and develop their multiplicative thinking so that the multiplication facts were a great byproduct? 
Well, so again, I started the year with multiplication. And if that's not an option because your district or school has a mandated scope or sequence that you um, feel like you can mess with, you can still introduce some multiplicative relationships in small doses throughout your week. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I've mentioned before that two thirds of the math time that I had was core content that, that we followed a scope and sequence. Mm-hmm. And then the other one third was a mixture of all kinds of things. And yeah. so if I wasn't able to help shape the order of material, I think it would have done some things more consistently in that one third chunk of time, mm-hmm. because the amount of time we give kids to become reasoners about facts really matters. Absolutely. So order matters yeah. when we think about um, the the order of your sort of school year, that matters. Yes. Order also matters when we think about how to build the facts because we can base some facts off of others. And so yeah. we want to think about the order, like Kim just said, the order that you that you teach throughout the year, but also the order in which you work on the facts. So we often see um, a lot of teachers and some of the things that we talked about that we're not crazy about in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, we highly recommend that you go catch that because a lot of those things that we don't recommend and, and we see a lot of places typically start with like times one, times two, maybe times zero first, and then times one, times two, times three, times four, like they go in order, right? right? But we suggest that it's much more beneficial to explore these relationships in maybe a different order. Like re- what are the relationships that would be helpful for students to think about? So ready? Let's experience that for you listeners as learners. So we're going to, we're going to actually experience this a little bit. Here we go. Okay. So today you're going to be the person, right? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you that. So, so just, will you, I'm going to give you some problems. Will you just talk out your thinking a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So today you're going to think about, uh, 23s, 23. Is that good? Hey, so since I'm talking about my thinking, I'm going to tell you, I just picked up a pen and I wrote down the number 23. So that's what's on my paper right now. (laughs) I grabbed a pencil. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a pen person. Kim's a pencil person. It's all good. Okay. All right. 23. All right. What is, um, two times 23? Two 23s is 46 because I double the 20, double the three and that's 46. Okay. Okay. 46. What is four times 23? So I'm going to be lazy and just double the two, the, the, the 46. So if I double 46, I'm going to double 40. That's 80. Double six is 12. So that's 92. I'm going to check that by thinking about double 50. Double 50 is 100, but I need to take off the extra four twice. And that's 92. Yep. So four 23s is 92. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was pretty quick. So two 23s is 46 mm-hmm. and double that for four 23s is double 46, which is 92. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let me ask you eight times 23. Oh, nice. Cause that can work off the four. Okay. So if I know that four 23s is 92, then eight of them is going to be double that and double 92. I'm just going to double the 90 to get 180 and double the two four. So 184. Okay. Okay. All right. What about 10 times 23? Let's see. I know this thing in our place value system where I can think about 23 tens. And so that's 230, 23 tens. Uh-huh. Okay. 230. What about, uh, five? I guess I should say really that's the commutative property that I just used to think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I asked you, I asked you 10 times 23, but you really right. thought about 23 tens. Yeah. 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 So commutative property. Okay. Okay. So 10 times 23 was 230. What if I asked you <clears throat> five times 23? Oh, nice order, because I can just totally work off the 10. So if 10, 23 is 230, then 5 is half of 10, and so half of 230 is 115. 
Yep. Cool. Okay. All right. So you just talked, you just thought about 10 times 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And so what is nine times 23? Oh, nice. Uh, let's see. So that's just going to be 23 less than 230. And so 230 minus 20 is 210 minus three is 207. So it'd be 200, 207 is nine 23s, 23 less than 10 23s. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Thank that's you. it. All well right. Done. Cool. 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 So let's look at those relationships that you just sort of emphasized. Yeah. Like you gave me, you asked me for two of them mm-hmm. to get four of them mm-hmm. to get eight of them. And I could just sort of double, double, double. Yep. Yo, we want kids to know that they can find eight times anything by double, 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 doubling. And they can find four times anything just by double doubling. That That's a powerful relationship that kids could use. And it helps them sort of begin to think about doubles. And, and um, that's a multiplicative way of thinking. Then you gave me 10, which if we have this community property and uh, we, we can learn the pattern in our base, base 10 uh, play system that we can think about that zero and how I'm thinking about 23 tens. Anyway, so 10 is easy to get right off the bat. Um, and then you asked me five right after that. Oh, brilliant. Because I can just cut it in half since five is half a 10. Okay, totally cool. Then, um, I don't know, listeners, if you noticed, but then Kim said, and, and 10 again, in some way, you asked me for 10 again, yeah. which then pulls up that 10. And then you asked me for nine. So that's a way to, to sort of nudge. Oh, you have that 10. Can you use that to help you think about nine? I mean, you didn't say, all right, now use the 10. Right. Here's what you right. do. Step one, step two. You just like mentioned, oh yeah, what was that 10 again? Okay, right. Now nine. And then I'm sort of nudged. That's, that's the 10 is, is poking in my brain. Pinging is the word I want. Pinging in my brain. And so then I'm tempted to sort of use it to find the nine. Right. What a great set of relationships. So let's let's continue to parse that out. Y'all, do I need to know my 23s? Like we're talking about single digit facts. These, these episodes we're working on right now is all about single digit facts or, or know your multiplication facts. Um, or 20 is 23. Is that one of the facts that's on your list? Not typically, right? Typically we ask kids to know uh, the, 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 the single digit facts or 10 by 10 or maybe 15 up to 15 by 15, even though we think that's a little much. Um, so 23 is not on that list, but it's about the relationships. Sure. So those relationships that Kim just had me use, those are important. So can we use those same relationships to figure out single digit facts? Absolutely. We want kids to be able to think about sevens. Could they think about eight times seven in the same way that I just thought about eight times 23? Can they double seven to get 14? Oh, I should have asked you that, Kim. Yeah. Kim if double seven's 14, what's four times seven? Mm, double 14, which would be 28. And then what's eight times seven? Uh, double again, right? Which is double 28 and that's 56. Yeah. And if you say to yourself right now, my kids can't double 56. I can't even, or excuse me, double 28. I can't even double 28. Then what we recommend is that you start doubling with them. Double yourself. Like that's a thing to do is just to start doubling with kids. They get better and better at doubling and then they can. Then, then, then that's a relationship that they can use. So let's just, uh, again, reiterate. So two, four, eight, great relationships. 10 to get to nine or 10 to get to five great relationships. So there's one that we didn't do uh, just for fun. We'll do it now. What if I wanted to ask something like, uh, Kim, I'm going to ask you to think about 31s. Oh, great. Okay. (laughs) Again, not a number that's like typically a a single digit fact, right? So we're going to kind of exemplify it with a bigger number and then back up to single digit facts. Okay. So 31, 31. Mm -hmm. What's three times 31? 
Okay, three times 31. That's, uh, I'm thinking about three times 30, which is 90, and three times one is three, so that's going to be 93. Totally cool. And that wasn't too bad, right? You could get skip right. You didn't have to double it and add one more. You could totally just jump right to three times 31. So if three times 31 is 93, three times 31 is 93, what's six times 31? Ah, uh, there's that doubling again, right? If three mm-hmm. 31s is 93, then now I want six 31s. That's double mm-hmm. the number of 31s. So I can double 90 and double three and get 186. Bam, right? Yeah. And so you just like thought about six times 31 using three times 31. Yeah. Now, could you have thought about six times 30 and six times one? Sure. Absolutely. But I already had the three groups. So why not use it, right? And then we could kind of um, connect that to single digits. So yeah. for example, Kim, I'll keep going. What's three times seven? Three times seven is 21. Right. So then what's six times seven? Ooh, that's pretty commonly missed fact. So mm-hmm. three, in fact, my, my son the other day was thinking about uh, six times seven. Yeah. Um, and so three times seven is 21. I can double that to get 42. And check out how easy 21 is to double, right? Um, I mean, yeah. 21, if you could double it all, you could double 21. So that is my favorite, favorite relationship to get that most misfact of six times seven. Um, what was your kid? What, how was he thinking about it? Um, actually, it, was, it wasn't doubling. Um, he thought he was messing with square numbers and he was thinking about six times six and added another six. To get seven sixes. Yeah. To get six times seven. Yeah. That's a fine relationship. And we would love kids to recognize that that uh, six times six is related to six times seven. Absolutely. We also want them to own this idea that they can double sure. from three to get six. Yeah. Uh, totally cool. Um, let's keep going. So if six times seven is 42, what's 12 times seven? Mm, double again. So I know six sevens. So to get 12 sevens, then I can just double the 42 from the six sevens and get 84. And now you have 12 times seven. So y'all, it can be really helpful to um, have these relationships. We're not suggesting that kids laboriously refigure these relationships ad infinitum. The the older they get, the more experience they get. But the more experience they get with these relationships, they actually go quite quickly. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to suggest that the kids might run into 12 times seven and go, mm, let's see. And, and just in their brains go, I know it's twice 40 to 84. And it can be that fast. It can be fast enough for them to go, I know it's twice 40 to 84. Like they can just think about the six times seven to get the 12 times seven in it. And, and that that can be a way uh, that not only can that be a way for students to do that, that is the way that mathematicians pull up multiplication facts that they don't just cold remember. That, and, and, and often that is true, that they don't just cold remember, but that they think of some quick relationship that they know, they figure it, it doesn't bog them down in the work that they're doing, and they keep going. But even more importantly, they're building multiplicative relationships as they go. That, that That's why they're able to do it is because they own those relationships. Yeah. Can I bring up another point? Um, we yeah. also think about language as well. And I think, I think I've heard both of us um, alternate our language between saying things like, two eights and four eights, and then uh, later alternated into saying two times eight and four times eight. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of work with doubling and then bring in the language and the recording of the time symbol because kids can be super freaked out by the notation or having heard maybe that multiplication is hard. So mm-hmm. instead we advocate for having them experience multiplication and then bring in the vocabulary and the symbols. 
Yeah, in fact, you when you bring that up, I just thought of a, a little guy I was working with the other day. We were just chatting about about some mathy things, and I was he's he's young, and so we were doing some addition subtraction stuff, and he looked at me with these big eyes, and he goes, "But I can do multiplication because like like this it's a it's this thing, right? Yeah. It's like oh, it's like oh, I can do multiplication." And then we'd been working with some fairly big numbers, and he's like, "I know two times four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, good for you, it's two fours, you know? Like if he really understood that two times four wasn't this. Um, crazy thing it was just two fours i don't think he would have been quite as impressed with himself that he knew two times four um because it was just sort of this outside crazy big impressive thing so we like to make it much more about the meaning of what's happening then bring in the language like you said and then bring in the notation last um and so the kids are like oh yeah that's what we've been doing and now this is what it looks like on paper okay totally cool no problem and it and that fits, Kim, what you just talked about with vocabulary just in time. We've talked about that before in the podcast where we want to give vocabulary just in time when students need it. It's a great example of that. Hey, it's also reminding me really quick um, of a story when my daughter, Abby, was in fifth grade, I'm pretty sure, she had to do some multiplication time tests. And um, at that point, we were living within walking distance of the school, kind of. And so she wanted to walk to school. And I said, uh, I will walk to school with you. If, because then I had to walk back home, right? Then walk back to school and then walk back home with her. So I had, I just doing double the walking. I said, if we can like do some multiplication facts stuff on the way, because my kids every once in a while, they, they're, they're great at math. They mathematize with the best of them, but sometimes doing it with your mom, you know, is not like your ideal. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Maybe she, she's an artist. She wants to talk about other things. Um, and so she agreed. And so as we were walking, I would literally do kind of what you did. I would say, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about, uh, and pick a random fact. Nines. Let's talk about nines. Hey, Abby, what's two times nine? What's four times nine? What's eight times nine? Hey, what was two times nine again? What's three times nine? Cool. What's 10 times nine? What's nine times nine? Mm-hmm. What was 10 times nine again? What's 11 times nine? Yeah. What's 12 times nine? Um, and then other times I might've gone, what's 10 times nine? What's five times nine? Well, five times nine is that. What's six times nine? Right. That's really cool. Well, if that's six times nine, what's seven times nine? Or I might have gone, what's two times nine? What's three times nine? What's six times nine? Oh, cool. Then I thought you have six times nine. What's seven times? Like, and I'm using those relationships. But we just back and forth in the air as we were walking. So parents, we suggest you could do this kind of thing in the car. Now, to make it fun, have the kid talk about what they're thinking about and you share what you're thinking about. That makes it much more fun than just don't make it be this like, I'm just going to drill you right now. It's not about drill. It's about using the relationships. It's about talking about the connections in your head. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I think really helpful to spend a lot of time um, talking about those relationships instead of making it be something that you do once and then expect that they know. Right. Mm, well put. Well, yes. Good. 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 Remember, yeah. it's not. It's not about. Okay, we did your. We've done your sixes in the car last Thursday. You yep. should know them. No. 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 Like it's like building these relationships and then exposure and doing them, uh, having lots of fun doing them often. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So today we shared just a few ideas about how to work with students on their multiplication facts. Right. But you're mm-hmm. really going to want to listen in next week when we share the final episode in the series and give you some great routines, some games, and ways to continue building relationship for all students. Yeah, you are not going to want to miss that one. So stay tuned for next week's episode. Hey, we promised you a download with some really helpful things. The download has helpful problem strings for single digit facts, like the strings that Kim and I did today live on the podcast. So if you'd like that handy dandy download, uh, you can get it on the show notes. Or go to mathisfigureoutable.com 
slash facts ps. So mathisfigureable.com slash facts ps f a c t s p s. Yeah, we would absolutely love it if you join us on Math Strat Chat on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram on Wednesday evenings, where we explore problems with the whole world. Please share with your friends and your colleagues and give us a rating and a review so that more people can find the podcast. So if you're interested to learn more mathematics and you want to help yourself and your students develop as mathematicians, then don't miss the Math is Figure Outable podcast because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figure Outable Challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.